on Acts, and we are looking at Acts chapter 6 today. And if you saw my little video uh, presentation on Facebook, I did email it, but some of you didn't get it because it was too big of a file. And if you're on AOL or uh, Optimum, it wouldn't send it through because you can't receive such a big file. But anyway, I talked about our service today in the message, which is entitled When We All Pull Together. So I want to read, uh, we're only focusing on the first seven verses of Acts chapter 6. As we said, when we started to go through the book of Acts, we're not going to cover every verse and every part of every chapter, so we're focusing on these verses here. So follow along as I read. Around this time, when the number of Talmudim were growing, was growing, the Greek-speaking Jews began complaining about those who speak Hebrew, that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. So the twelve added a general meaning of the Talmudim and said, "Isn't it appropriate that we should? It isn't appropriate that we should neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among yourselves, who are known to be full of the ruach and wisdom. We will appoint them to be in charge of this important matter. But we ourselves will give our full attention to praying and to serving the word." When what they said was agreeable to the whole gathering, so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Ruach HaKodesh, Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, who was a proselyte from, proselyte from Antioch. They presented these men to the emissaries who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God continued to spread. The number of Talmudim in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large crowd of Kohenim were becoming obedient to the faith. How powerful. Like that verse 7 is a verse we could claim and pray and like, yes, God, let it be so here at Beth Emanuel, right? That the Talmudim increased rapidly. Large number of Kohenim, that means the rabbis in the area come to faith. And, uh, and that would be exciting to see. So we come to one of the first dilemmas faced by the early congregation here in Acts chapter 6. And this was that of a practical issue that needed to be fixed. Some of these widows were feeling uh, that they were being overlooked and not receiving the daily food distribution that was uh, uh, being given out by the congregation. And so this need was brought before the the emissaries, Kepha and the others, who represented the ministerial leadership of that early Kehillah. And these verses tell us how they handled this situation. And... um, they wisely encouraged that there were people within the Kehillah who could administer the food and take care of the practical aspect of the congregation so that they, as the spiritual leaders, could devote themselves to what Adonai had called them to do, which was to be devoted to prayer and the study and proclamation of the word. So at first glance, it could seem a little self-serving for Kepha and the other leaders to boldly proclaim this, and make this as a suggestion to the uh, as a suggestion to the problem and the solution, and it seems a little odd unless perhaps there was a suggestion, and that's what we could read into this. The way he responded uh, that made to the leadership sort of like this: someone said, "You know, Kepha, we have a problem here. We have these widows here who uh, uh, are from you know the Greek speaking, and they're being neglected." So you need to do something about it. Why do I think that uh, it was said to him like that? Because of the response that he gives. And I'm not alone. Others, as they uh, talk about this passage, say the same thing. He responds, it's not right 
for me and the other emissaries here to neglect the word and prayer in order to wait on tables. So that suggestion must have been made to them. You take care of it, Kepha. You're the spiritual leader, so make sure these women get their food. Kepha was not embarrassed to speak this because he knew that for this early Kehilah to continue to grow and flourish, that it required everyone working together. Kepha and the other emissaries knew that the other people needed to step up and assume responsibility for practical matters in the congregation so that they, as the spiritual leaders, could be devoted to seeking God and his directions for the Kehilah. As they put it there in that verse, we need to give full attention. It was very important that they not be short-sighted in how they handled the situations. Most leaders, I can tell you from my own personal experience and knowing many, many spiritual leaders, are willing to step up and do what needs to be done and fill in the gaps. However, I want to tell you, it's not advantageous to any congregation for the leadership to be doing that. But unfortunately, in many congregations, not everyone is willing to step up to the plate. The end result that there are a few people who are overburdened carrying the load that should be shared by others, and the end result is burnout, people being overwhelmed, exhausted, and sometimes even becoming embittered about the kingdom of God and the work. But the biblical pattern given here and shown in other places throughout the scriptures is that each person has a part to do, and we need to work together. The title of this message comes from a song I used to sing as a kid in the congregation I grew up. I showed my daughter how we did. They got all the little kids on the platform and uh, had us join hands, and we you know, pulled back and forth. And it says, when we all pull together, pull together, when we all pull together, how happy we'll be. For your work is my work, and our work is God's work. So when we all pull together, how happy we'll be. It's a very simple child song, but it illustrates the truth of the scripture that any congregation needs everybody to do their part. Now, some of you may not relate to this example here, especially if you're not a football fan. But in 1972, the Miami Dolphins uh, embarked on an unforgettable and unparalleled season, 14-0. They went in the, in the regular season which put them into the playoffs, and they went through the playoffs and won the Super Bowl, and that gave them a 17-0 record. That to this day, nobody else, not one other team, has, has achieved that. What is interesting about this Miami Dolphin team is that most people didn't know the names of the people. In fact, when the opposing coach, the coach of the opposing team, and the Super Bowl was asked about how he felt about the defense. He's like, uh, I don't know any of their names, but I know they're, we need to be concerned about them. In fact, the defense of that 1972 Miami Dolphin team was called the no-name defense because it wasn't any one superstar who stood out. But the fact is they all worked together, and in all working together, they achieved something that has never been achieved since or before in the game of football, a perfect record. Isn't that powerful? And think about the kingdom of God, that when we all work together, how powerful it will be. 
Verse 7, increase rapidly takes place when everyone steps up to do their part. It said the word of God spreads, new Talmudim are added to the kingdom, and even the Jewish religious leaders came to faith in Yeshua. In other words, increase takes place. Who wants to see increase at Beth Emanuel? That's my heart's desire. How did this happen? It happened because the spiritual leaders were free to give their full attention. Put that in your head, full attention to what God had called them to do as others took their place in the Kehillah and gave her their time and efforts to meeting the practical needs. Again, it's called working together. And that's what Adonai wants us to do here at Beth Emanuel. He wants each one of us to contribute our part to the kingdom work here. And there's something for each of us to do to help see the kingdom of God grow forward here at Beth Emanuel. And I want to read one other passage of scripture and then just share briefly what God has spoken to my heart about this principle of working together. And it comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Here Rav Shaul is speaking to the Kehillah at the city of Corinth. And obviously there's a problem in this city about people working together in this congregation. So he's trying to explain to them, look, this is how it's supposed to be. Okay, so follow along with me as we read beginning in verse 12. For just as the body, meaning the physical body, is one but has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, constitute one body, so it is with the Messiah. For it was by one spirit that we were all immersed into one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. For indeed, the body is not one part but many. So if the foot says, I'm not a hand, so I'm not part of the body, that doesn't make it stop being part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not an eye, so I'm not part of the body, that doesn't make it stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If it were all hearing, how could it smell? But as it is, God arranged each of the parts in the body exactly as he wanted them. Now, if they were all just one part, what would the body be? But as it is, they are indeed many parts, yet just one body. So the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or the head to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be less important turned out to be all the more necessary. And upon body parts which we consider less dignified, we bestowed greater dignity. And the parts of the body that aren't attractive are the ones we make as attractive as we can. While our attractive parts have no need for such treatment, indeed, God has put the body together in such a way that he gives greater dignity to the parts that lack it. So that there will be no disagreements within the body, but rather that all the parts will be equally concerned for all the others. Thus, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts share its happiness. Now you together constitute the body Messiah, and individually you are parts of it. And God has placed in the Messianic community first emissaries, second prophets, third teachers, then those who work miracles, those with gifts of healing, those with ability to help, those skilled in administration, and those who speak in various tongues. Not all are emissaries, are they? Not all are prophets, are they? Or teachers or miracle workers? Not all have gifts of healing, and not all speaks in tongues, nor all interpret, do they? Eagerly seek the better gifts, but I will show you the best way of all. And this list of 
gifts that he has is not an exhaustive list. It's just an example of different parts that God has placed in the body of Messiah. So what are the principles that I want us to look at today when we consider this topic of working together? First of all, spiritual leaders, and in this congregation that's Rabbi Michael and myself, must be free to be the visionaries of the ministry and devote ourselves to prayer and the word, to give full attention to prayer and the word. Now, if you're a regular part of Beth Emanuel for any length of time, you know that Rabbi Michael and I are not afraid to roll up our sleeves and do work. And I can say this again, I know many spiritual leaders, and uh, across the board, I would say that that's true of every spiritual leader. We get involved in the practical needs of the congregation, from the building project to the regular maintenance of the building. If something needs to be done, and we're the only ones here, we do it. On Wednesday night, I work both the sound and PowerPoint. I painted every wall in this congregation, some of them twice, because we painted them too prematurely. Had to be repainted. We're here on work days. And again, if something needs to be done and no one's here, we'll do it. But I want to tell you this, and I like Kefa, I realize this could come across a little self-serving. It's not what Adonai has called us to do. Will we continue to do it? You know we will, because that's, that's our heart. God, whatever needs to be done, we're here. But if this congregation wants to see the increase rapidly, then Rabbi Michael and I really need to be free to give our full attention to what God has called us to as spiritual leaders. And that's to prayer and the study of the word. Now, you could say, well, Rabbi Carol, hasn't he called all of us to do that? Yes, but as a spiritual leader, we have a greater responsibility. And I want to remind you of our Parsha from last week and how we learned from Korach that it's not a matter of all of us being holy because that's sort of what Korach said as he led a rebellion against Moshe. And again, no one's leading a rebellion against us. Just put anyone's thoughts to quiet them. But in your mind, you could be saying, well, why should you give full attention? I want to pray, and, and you should pray and study the word. And Korach said to Moshe and Aharon, aren't we holy? Doesn't God speak to us just like he speaks to you? Of course God spoke to them. That wasn't the point. The point was, as, as Gary shared last week in his Devar Torah, that God appointed Moshe and Aharon to be the spiritual leaders. And the interesting fact is that Korach was in a spiritual leadership position himself. But he wanted someone else's place. Cave and the other leaders knew that they could not get bogged down in the practical needs of the congregation. They knew there were other people who were qualified and able to step up and to carry these responsibilities. And I want to tell you, we are grateful for the leaders under us and the many volunteers who helped to carry out the practical responsibilities of this congregation. And our prayer is that many, many more will rise up to take their place 
so that Rabbi Michael and I can more fully devote ourselves to what God has called us to. But we are so blessed, and I want to say once again thank you to everyone who helped, especially last weekend. It was a great celebration. You know, we mentioned this, and we posted a lot of things on Facebook about it, but celebrating 35 years, it was awesome, and we had many honored guests here with us, and uh, there were so many of you who just, from the leadership who uh, helped to cook, uh, to others who came alongside of them and set things out. And again, my husband and I say, thank you, thank you, thank you. So that when it came time to attending to those special guests, I didn't worry about anything because you guys were there taking care of things. And that's, that's how it should be. So that's the first thing we see from this is that spiritual leaders need to be able to devote themselves to what God has called them to do. The second thing we see from Acts and from Corinthians is that each person has a job to do in the local congregation. Oh, Rabbi Carol, I don't know what my job is. I don't know what, you know, what I'm supposed to do. Well, let, let me give you a few steps. First of all, be available. That's the first step in getting involved. Just be, simply be available. One friend of mine, uh, he has uh, passed uh, uh, from this world into eternity. He was uh, one of the interns. He was in the uh, uh, presentation last weekend, Dan Raby. So I remember when he and his family came here to do an intern under Ray. And I remember he said to me once, you know, God doesn't always use the most qualified people. He uses people who show up. I've been used a lot, not because I was the most qualified, but I simply showed up. Said, I'm here. And God used me in, in ways that I would never have imagined, even before I became a rabbi, because I simply made myself available. So you may be sitting there saying, I don't know how I, how I can get involved. What can I do at Beth Emanuel? First thing to do is simply be available. <clears throat> Second thing is if you see a need, do something about it. That's another way to get involved. From a simple task of picking up a piece of paper on the floor, or this morning I was picking up crumbs from the Lord's Seder, from Wednesday night, which happened, they're all over the floor, and I want to pick out of the vacuum, so I just begin to pick up the little pieces. To seeing someone not here and making a phone call to encourage them, we miss you. Or giving a ride to someone to service. I had Rena call Fred and Natalie last week because a woman needed a ride, and she's calling in the midst of everything going on, and the Gannons are here, my sister. And, and so I said, Rena, can you contact Fred and Natalie because they're out there? And Fred and Natalie offered this woman a ride. See, that's being a part. That's hearing a need and doing something about it. All of these are ways for each of us to help the kingdom of God go forward through the ministry of Beth Emanuel. The third thing under this is realize that nothing is too small or insignificant in the kingdom. Yeshua said it this way. Indeed, if someone gives just a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he's my Talmud, yes, I tell you, he will certainly not lose his reward. You see, we have to break this mentality that certain ministries are really important in the kingdom and others do not ma matter. Often the enemy taunts people by telling them we don't really do much for the kingdom of God. He says to you, oh, you just serve in the Oneg. That's not a big deal. 
The people on the platform are so much better. I want to tell you, and I've said that before many, many times, it's not true. Being on this platform, whether it's reading the scriptures, being in the worship team, does not make these people more important than someone who's giving their time in the nursery or downstairs to the junior spot. In fact, you know my heart, because I believe this is the heart of God, greater is the reward of those teachers than the person here on the platform. Just saying. And Rob Shul says, you know, you can't say your hand is more important than your foot. The reality is I need both a hand and a foot. I need two hands and two feet to function the way my body was meant to function. And so it is in the Kehilau. We need everyone doing their part. You see, the vision for Beth Emanuel can only be fulfilled when everyone gets involved. And it will never come to pass if it's just Rabbi Michael and I left to do everything with a handful of people. I want you to know this morning that you matter to the kingdom of God. You matter to the vision and purpose of this congregation. And Adonai did not call you here just to sit in a seat and be blessed. Someone say amen. This is not supposed to be a heavy message. You might be receiving it that way, but it's not. It's a really good word. Because look what happens. Increase rapidly took place. And God has called you to be a part of this congregation, and he wants you to give. And most of you do give. And that's why I said we're so grateful for that. We are not called to be spectators. All of us are called to be players on the team. We don't all have the same job. And to use, go back to that football analogy, think about it. You have, I mean, I do know a little bit about football, Kansas City Chiefs. Yay, Chiefs. So it was a, it's a pretty good team. It has been in the past. But, you know, you have an offense and a defense. You have special teams. No, the offense and defense are not on the field at the same time. And the special teams uh, uh, players only go out for special occasions. Yet they're just as important as the offense and the defense to the football team. Right? So we have to understand that. That, you know, just because you're not on the field right now doesn't mean you're not important to the kingdom of God. And to what's going on at Beth Emanuel. And finally, in this area about how we all need to do our part, we need to understand that sacrifice is required. And I'm going to tell, tell you that Adonai gets it. He's saying, gets what? I'm going to tell you in a minute. And the rabbis get it. And the answer is, get what? We get it that you have a life. <laughs> Adonai gets it that you have a life. We understand. You have a family. You have jobs that you go to. You have homes to take care of. And that time is probably your most precious commodity here in this world, and that God is asking you to give some of that time to him. So that means sometimes you might miss dinner with a family to come help clean at the synagogue, or you might have to get up earlier so you can come and be on an usher or setting up for, as a teacher for a class. And you might hear comments like this from your coworkers and family that say things like this, oh, you're crazy, giving all that time to the congregation. Anyone else hear that? And sometimes you may feel like you're crazy. 
And sometimes you may feel like you're tapped out, and I want you to know that Adonai sees the sacrifice and that we see the sacrifice. And God's encouragement to you would be, what you do in volunteering for the kingdom of God counts. It matters. It counts for eternity. And for Rabbi Michael and myself, we get it, and we do appreciate it. And that's why we, for the last few years now, have had this VIM banquet it's not a big thing, but it's just something that says, we get it. You're, you're volunteering and you're giving your town, time and talent and efforts, and we appreciate it. But nothing is too insignificant, and the sacrifice that we make brings eternal reward. Not just reward for ourselves, but it means someone's life is changed and transformed. We have talked about this before. You don't know, you know, a one phone call to a person, a simple hello, is serving the food at the Oneg and, and greeting a person. You don't know how that impacts someone's life. I've told you the story. I know I remember saying this recently, that some person came knocking on my mom's door when we had just moved into that house. And because that person knocked on the door and invited my mom, who was a sinner, uh, you know, in the biggest way, to come to this congregation right around the corner, my mom went after, and I told you the story this year, she drank and was, got drunk on Saturday night, woke up Sunday morning and decided to take all her kids to the service. And my mom came to faith and soon after my dad. And out of that, you know, there are two of us in full-time ministry. My other siblings have been always actively involved in serving in the congregation. Those who, who uh, are following Adonai is because one person came knocking on the door and invited my mom to a service. They made the sacrifice of their time to go out into the neighborhood and invite people. So your sacrifice is worth it. Souls will be changed, and lives will be touched. The third thing is we should not be jealous or envious of what others are called to do. You know, this happens when we begin to compare ourselves with one another and when we begin to place more honor on certain responsibilities and ministries within the kingdom. Rav Shaul warns us about doing such things, and this was the problem, once again, with the, the man from last week's uh, Torah portion, Korach. He was... Like I said, the leader himself in the community, however, it wasn't enough for him. He wanted Moshe and Aharon's job. So he was jealous and envious of it, and that led to his rebellion. And as we learned last week, his jealous attitude influenced over 250 other leaders to turn against God's appointed leadership. And the end result was not good, not only for Korach and those men who followed them, but it impacted the entire community just because he was jealous and envious and wasn't content to play his role, but wanted the part that God had given to Moshe and Aharon. Yaakov 3.16 says, For where there are jealousy and selfish ambitions, there will be disharmony in every foul practice. You see, jealousy leads to division, and when a house is divided, it cannot stand, and the kingdom suffers. So do not be jealous of what you see other people doing. You just get in and do your part. Whatever needs to be done, you do your part. 
Fourth principle I see here is we don't, when we don't each do our part, the body suffers. Looking here at the analogy that Rob Shaul uses to demonstrate this truth. Everyone must do their part. Again, if my hand stops working, the rest of my body must compensate and life becomes harder. It's not impossible, but more difficult. And again, I've shared this because I've spoken from this passage in Corinthians. Because the tumor in my leg and for being in a cast and braces for two years, my left leg compensated so that my left leg is more muscular than my right leg to this day. And I find myself favoring my right leg. Like recently, the screws have been bothering me. I have screws in my leg and stuff like this. So when that happens, I find myself shifting my weight to my left leg. So it compensates for it. So I get by, but, you know, it would be better if this right leg were fully functional and I didn't have to draw upon my left leg, okay? So can we get by and can other people fill in for your part when you don't do it? Yeah, but it's not ideal. And eventually there's going to be some suffering and pain that takes place. In the kingdom, we have many people sitting on the sidelines instead of actively serving in their local congregation. Friends, this should not be. Kafe and the other Talmudim knew that the kingdom would not go forward if they left their position, and they knew that the body would suffer and that the word of God would not go forward if everyone did not do their part. And I just want to say this, say this in love, and again, it's not, it's not a heavy word to me. I was excited about this message. But if you are not actively serving here at Beth Emanuel, I want to tell you it's time to get off the sidelines and get in the game. Where do I begin, Rabbi Carol? Well, I can tell you several ministries that could use your help are ushers, PowerPoint, sound, cleaning, to name a few. Children's ministry, you have to be a member, and we're going to have a membership class this year. So if you're not a member, then you can sign up. We would like to do live streaming of our service here. I've started to look into it, but I just can't take on another responsibility. But I bet there's someone in this congregation who could do that. Right? And other things, you know, that are to be birthed, other things that we want to do, but again, we can't add more things without people already... Stepping in to do their part. We need each other. We need each other. Rabbi Michael and I need you, and you need us. We cannot make it when we are islands to ourselves. The kingdom of God suffers. The vision isn't fulfilled when we sit idly and watch others do the work. And this is true in every congregation. You know, there are people who wear multiple hats. And the old saying goes, if you want to get something done, ask someone who's already doing something because they'll, they'll get it done. It would be good to be able to ask someone who's not doing something and, 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 and believe that they're going to step up and do it. And that, friends, should be it. We should all do our part. Together we can accomplish so much more. Look what Adonai says in Vayikra, Leviticus 26, 8 through 9. Five of you will chase a hundred. That's pretty good. A hundred of you will chase what? 
10,000. See how much greater it is, the increase that comes? Your enemies will fall before your sword. I will turn towards you, make you productive, increase your numbers, and uphold my covenant with you. We need to understand the increase that God wants to bring to Beth Emanuel as we all get up and do our part. I'm excited when I read verse 7. It said, increase rapidly. That's my heart's desire. That increase would come rapidly to this congregation. And I'm so excited and I, I see the twinkling of things. But I know that people need to step up and begin to do things that are not doing things right now. And even as we prayed on, on Thursday night about prodigals coming, and, you know, uh, Rena said that some people had seen the video and saw that they were in it. And we're talking about prodigals, that young people and who have not just gone away from the congregation, but turned away from God, who experienced his power and life here. And, and I had a, a young man share that video and, and talked about how we need to, he needs to return and encourage others who are in that video that we need to return to our roots. And that, to me, was an answer to prayer. And I believe that many of those young people who are now young adults and have families, God is going to call back because they're lost without him. And then there's a, a community, as we've been talking about, as we're going through the book of Acts, around us of Jewish people who are ready, the fields are right to harvest, who are ready to receive the good news of Yeshua the Messiah. And God doesn't say pray for the harvest. He prays, says pray for what? laborers. That means you. That means me. I will always give a hundred percent plus. It's in my personality. But I need you to come alongside of me and do your part. We can learn a lesson from the geese. I think I have a picture of them up there. When you see the geese flying along, most of the time they're flying in this V formation. So let's hear what science tells us about this. There's a reason for this. It's not just they arbitrarily decided to fly in a V shape, but God obviously ordained it. But when they studied it, this is what happens. As each bird flaps its wings, it creates an uplift for the bird immediately following. So by flying in the V formation, the whole flock adds at least 71% greater flying range than if each bird flew on its own. So Rabbi Michael and I can get down here and we can give our time and our effort and we can go out to, to share the good news. And we can, but think about it if two other people come alongside of us. And then think about it if two more people join us. Think about the increase. Five can put 100, 110,000. We have more than 100 people in this congregation if we all showed up together, <laughs> which doesn't happen often. But if we all showed up, there's more than 100. Think about it. All 100 of us put in our effort and time, 10,000 to fight. Think of what would happen to the kingdom of God here at Beth Emanuel. See, when we share a common direction and a sense of community, we can get where we're going more quickly and easily because we're traveling on the thrust of one another and we're encouraging one another and we're working together. It's always easier 
to get a job done when you have someone beside it. I think about the work days here. Now, I've gone out and pulled weeds on my own here, but when I have someone else pulling weeds, I can remember Christine and I down in the weeds and the ants crawling up and everything. But it made it go easier and faster because there was someone beside me. And you don't feel alone. And so that's the analogy here of the geese. And let me just continue to share about these geese and what else happens. When the goose falls out of formation... It suddenly feels the drag and resistance of trying to get gold alone. And so it quickly gets back in formation. See, that's what happens to you. When you isolate and pull yourself back, you may not initially feel something, but it's different. When you miss a service, it gets easier to miss another service and another service, and the enemy isolates you, and it's not good. I don't care what you think. Or what, it's not good. And you need to get back in formation because the strength in being with one another will help you to continue to go forward in your personal walk with God as well as the kingdom walk uh, and, and purposes in the congregation. And then another thing that happens is that the geese from behind honk... <laughs> In order to encourage those, <laughs> we may come up with our own Bethy Manuel honk. <laughs> to encourage those who are up in front to keep going and not to, to lose speed. Uh, you got to laugh. It's good imagery there. And they rotate in and out. Because the ones in the front, it is a greater drain on them. And so, so that, you know, each gets their turn at it. Another thing which is very interesting, when a goose gets sick or is wounded by a gunshot and falls out of formation, two other geese fall out with that goose and follow it down to lend help and protection. And stays with it until it's able to, so they're able to join another group and get back into the bee formation. See, that's, that's what the kehilai is. We bear one another's burdens. We work together. We encourage one another. And again, I just want to address this comment that I often have heard over the 32-plus years that I've been here at Beth Emanuel. Rabbi Carol, I don't know why calling or gifting. Friends, I just want to tell you, get involved. Be available. Fill a need. And as you do, Adonai will reveal a passion in an area that you really will want to get involved in. As I said, many times I feel the position not because I was gifted or called, simply because I was available. And yet, without exception, I can say every time I made myself available, I was blessed beyond comparison. Just blessed to be able to serve God, even though someone else might have done the job better than I did. So I want to close with this scripture, and I need my ushers to be available to come up because I have something I want to do. Ephesians 4.16, under his control, the whole body is being fitted and held together by the support of every joint. Read this with me. With each part working to fulfill its function. Let's try that again. With each part working to fulfill its function. Continue with me. This is how the body grows and builds itself up in love. How is this congregation going to grow? With each part working 
to fulfill its function. That means when you do your job, turn to your neighbor, you have a part to play. Come on, say it louder. You have a part to play in the kingdom of God. I want to show this last uh, slide here. So yesterday I went out and I bought a puzzle. And this, I, I picked this one out because the others were transformers and, and uh, superheroes. And I was at the dollar store. So, uh, but because this to me looked like a community and that's who we are. Uh, when the idea occurred to me, I wish it occurred earlier because uh, I would have liked to have got the puzzle made of Beth Emanuel, and maybe I will do that and we will exchange things out. But, so I got this puzzle, and uh, my ushers are going to come up, and uh, everyone's going to take a piece of this puzzle, all right? And if your spouse is in the nursery or you have children downstairs or in the nursery, you're going to take a piece for them. I would not give the piece to the children in the nursery. I would just hold it and put it away for them. And to the kids downstairs, you can explain to them about this because a lot of those kids actively serve. Dan and Carol, since they were knee-high to grasshopper, have been on the, uh, uh, on the, the cleaning team serving in here. My kids are the same way. So these kids are a part of this congregation as well. But I want you to take this puzzle piece and I want you to put it away in, in the place where you will look at it on a regular basis, maybe tape it on your mirror or whatever, to remind you that you're a part of this puzzle. Now, how many has ever put a puzzle together? Okay. Abigail and I do that occasionally. Grandpa liked to do that. Isn't it so annoying when you're at the end and there's one piece missing? Oh, my goodness. That's not a good thing. It's, it's incomplete, Correct. So you have this puzzle, and it's incomplete. So if you keep your piece out of what's happening at Beth Emanuel, we're incomplete. You have a part to play here at Beth Emanuel. And that's what this puzzle piece is to remind you of, that you have a part to play. And it's not just sitting on the pew in the chair. You need to be actively involved in serving here and seeing the kingdom of God go forward. So my ushers are going to hand you out a puzzle piece. And perhaps if I can figure out how to do this and make a picture of Beth Emanuel, then I will have you exchange your puzzle piece and we'll actually get a real picture of Beth Emanuel. Okay? But this here, again, is an object lesson for you. And I want you to, uh, again, take for a spouse who's not here or one who's serving uh, downstairs, uh, you're in the nursery, and you can share the message with them, and everyone gets, gets a piece, okay? <laughs> Fred over here, uh, Rob needs one. And this was a simple little illustration, but I hope it really drives the point home to you. No, I, I have one. I just got to find him. But I really, really hope that, you know, God will anoint these puzzle pieces. In fact, I'm just praying that, you know, they would be illuminated wherever you put them. And if you lose them, that he will make sure you find it. 
And every time you see that puzzle piece, it will remind you that you have a part to play of what God is doing at Beth Emanuel. And step up to the plate, get off the sidelines, get involved, so that we can see rapid increase. And again, that verse is so exciting because it says, and even the Kohanim, some English translation says priests, and obviously when you read priests, you think of you know, non-Jewish people, but the Kohanim were the spiritual leaders of Judaism at that time. That means rabbis. Wouldn't it be great to see many of the rabbis in our area come to faith? Well, when everyone does their part, okay, then increase comes rapidly. So I just want to encourage you, you know, to use this as a visual reminder that you have a part to play. God wants this sanctuary to be filled and overflowing. The fields are white to harvest. There are many, many Jewish people that God once brought into the kingdom through you and me. There are many prodigals to return. Everything that, that we have spoken about over the last few weeks as we've gone through the book of Acts, the prayer times of prayer, you know, and could I just echo my husband's uh, encouragement about prayer? Join us on Thursday night. An hour of prayer. We're not having Saturday prayer through the summer. An hour of prayer is something that happens when the congregation prays together. Make it out. Come and pray. And, and certainly, again, increase your times of prayer at home. But that community prayer is so important. So I just want to let the ushers finish handing out because I don't want, you know, to get confused in here. But as my husband comes back up, we're going to close here with the ironic benediction. And again, just want to encourage you, when we all pull together, how happy we'll be. Because your work is my work, and our work is God's work. And when we do God's work, his kingdom is established. And the good news is, we see souls brought in out of darkness into light. Amen. Did you get your piece? Yeah. <laughs> Most important, that's right. You got your piece, Fred? Okay. And for Natalie, good. All right, so let's stand to our feet. We're going to pray here. We're going to do the uh, benediction, and again... God has great things. As I said in the, the slide I put at the end of the video presentation, and I said it in the little video I put on Facebook this week, I know that the best is yet to come. I know that God is going to open up the windows of heaven, and he is going to do awesome things in this congregation, that his promises are yes and amen and beside Yeshua. And I want to encourage you, you want to be a part of what God is going to do here. So uh, stretch your hand out and speak a blessing. And then Rabbi Michael will close with a song. Give a rechach Adonai v'yishmerecha me Adonai bless you and keep you. Ya'er Adonai panavalecha v'kuneka me Adonai make his face shine on you and show you his favor. Yisa Adonai panavalecha v'yasim lecha shalom. May Adonai lift up his face towards you and give you peace. In this way, there to put my name on the people of Israel so that I will bless them. May you walk in the blessing of Adonai. And don't forget, service is at 10 o'clock next Saturday morning. I show me at the house.